After five years away, biologist Thomas Blue returns to document the livelihoods of the killer whale pod 420. This fascinating documentary follows Blue and his relationship to the pod as they hunt and raise their young. Y'all know that ain't the movie we're gonna fucking talk about. Stay tuned for 420 Massacre. Ready for this? What's up, Danny? What's up, Ty? Not much. I'm just super excited to record another episode of Fried Squirms with you. Likewise. Number 112, 420 Massacre. By the way, happy 420, everybody, because we'll be dropping this on 420, even though it's not We're a few days out. Yeah, we're a few days out still. So happy 420, everyone. Get super high. That's right. right Smoke them if you got them. Right now. (laughs) No, I guess that's all I got. I don't really have anything from this weekend. I don't have any news. Like, I was going to go see Hellboy. Haven't done it yet. So I don't really have much to add to anything before we actually start talking about this movie today. I think we both talked about this off air, but just watched Game of Thrones last night. That was like the biggest news, I suppose. Oh, yeah, I guess on the Game of Thrones note, I just have to say that if widely, hugely popular mainstream shows like Game of Thrones are going to continue to give us scenes like the Umber Boy scene, oh, yeah. then horror needs to step up its game. That was good. That was really good last night. A little bit of a spoiler, but you'll find out if you watch the series. Also, if you can watch Game of Thrones, you can handle a lot more horror than you probably think you can. That's a good point, man. To all those people that are kind of on the Very fence about point. horror out there, like... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's a lot more tame than some of the stuff on Game of Thrones and other shows, for that matter. I guess I got one piece of news before we move into what you have. And this is normally something that would go a little bit more towards the end of the show, but it's kind of news to us because we didn't realize because we were stoned. (laughs) We're on fucking Spotify now. Dude, yeah, that's awesome. So if you would prefer to listen to us on Spotify rather than how you're listening to us now, go fucking hit us up over there instead. When you told me that news yesterday, dude, that was the first thing I did was check us out, subscribe. It's like, nice, this is easy, and it shows you know, all our episodes, descriptions, all that good stuff. Yeah, if you're like me and there's certain like podcasts you like keeping up with that you just have a hard time listening to on whatever your normal device is. So like, like I love Battlestar Galacticast, but I don't think it's on Stitcher, which I normally use for the rest of my podcasts. So, like, I use Google Play just for Battlestar Galacticast. If they just added it to Stitcher, it'd be so much easier, because then I could do it all in one place, you know what I mean? No doubt. So if we were a show like that for you guys, you're like, oh man, I listen to the rest of my shit on Spotify. How much easier would it be if I could just go there? Guess what? We're there, bitches. Now you can. Yeah, that's some big news, man. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I am too. They're super blowing up as far as podcasting is concerned. I mean, Apple's still number one. Right, but but, I mean, it's still nice to have an alternative too. And so along with that, like, we would super appreciate it if you would like rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, but like Apple and Spotify especially, because those are kind of like the big two. I don't know if Spotify has a review, but if it does, we would prefer yeah it's like not that i'm aware of but you never know that's the kind of shit that like helps us get noticed and helps get other people to notice us in this vast wide world of everyone and their fucking mom having a podcast yeah see there's all kinds of talking heads out there but you know we still like to be heard regardless that's right listen to me bitch (laughs) nice well aside from that good bit of news and like i just watching game of thrones last night i did come across some horror news that's a little bit more relevant to horror fans in general so First thing I'll open up with is a little bit of box office news. So I know last week you got to check out two films, one film twice, which is really cool. But it looks like this past weekend Shazam still reigned supreme because it did outduel Hellboy, which kind of opened up to a week, twelve oh, million dollars yeah. here. I almost forgot. I was going to say last week after I saw Shazam, there's one time in the movie where Mark Strong, who plays Doctor Savannah, says the word boy. And I am now all for Mark Strong being tall man. No doubt. His delivery of that one word, I'm like, oh, give me Mark Strong as tall man in the future. Well, we have pitched ideas for reboots, so possibly. That's, anyway. Yeah, you said it first. You said it first. (laughs) That's right. 
So because we also went and seen Pet Cemetery, I did note last week on our episode that if it topped $70 million globally, it would be considered a success. Well, good news is, is that it made 10 more million dollars here in the States, which gave it a total of $41 million so far domestically. And if you add in its gross from worldwide, plus the domestic, it's made $76.8 million. Now we did report too, that if it did have a successful run, that there were talks of it perhaps having a prequel as opposed to a sequel. So as it sits right now, We'll see if they're true to their word. Yeah. Although I think that's mostly the producers. I don't think Colch and Widmeyer are on board for the prequel. Yeah. If they're like, we want to move on and do other shit. And that's quite all right. That's quite all right. They left a pretty good place where if you want to precede it, there you go. Along with that, I did see that Poltergeist. So for people who are fans of Poltergeist, it is getting remade again and possibly with Captain America and Avengers directors. So it's been noted that the Darlings of Marvel, that's Joe and Anthony Russo, are distributing MGM's Burial Ground, <laughs> which we're talking about, like their studio library and all that good stuff. So there's talks that these guys might be on board to direct a remake. So Give Russo's whatever the fuck they want. Like They're known for Captain America and Avengers now, but they for years have been putting out shit that you like. Those guys used to do episodes of Community oh, and nice. episodes of Arrested Development. There you go. That's some big stuff right there. Yeah. They awesome. are insanely talented. I'm so happy to see whatever they do going forward. Horror, not horror, genre, you know. Just, Regardless, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. All right. So the next bit of news that I came across is that it looks like Netflix is turning Joe Ballerini's three-book series, A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting, into a family film. And uh, it looks like Rachel Talale, she was the director of Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, and Tank Girl. She is set and slated to direct this film. So it'll be fun. We'll see what happens. And, you know, for people who want to watch horror films with children, this might be a good kind of uh, in-betweener. So check it out. Netflix has got it. However, the in-betweeners is probably not for children. Uh, No, well, depends. (laughs) Depends on your kids, I suppose. (laughs) We like it. Now, I did mention... I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but regardless, I did mention that Joe Bagos is slated to direct an upcoming film entitled VFW, and it looks like there's lots of blood on the set. Now, he's known for directing Almost Human in the Mind's Eye. I did mention that Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe and William Sadler and Martin Coe from Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, they're Mm. on board, and it's got a pretty good cast. So from what I remember reading a little bit about it, it's like a group of VFW veterans are trying to protect a teenager against a like a gang of drug dealers and mutant I don't know zombies but mutant people it's like uh okay yeah it's kind of interesting it's like a survival type of horror film so we'll see what happens oh i guess on the topic of zombies we're going to be getting one cut of the dead or is it one cut or one shot oh you know i remember you were talking about we both saw that news i can't remember the I think exact it's title. one cut of the dead japanese zombie flick that has just been Dude. getting insanely good reviews i am so excited to see it i haven't seen it yet but it's going to be coming to shutter they just announced this week and i'm super excited I'm we will so probably glad. end up reviewing it once it's on shutter what i was going to say is i'm so glad that we decided to jump on board with shutter when we did because right now it's like they've been picking up a lot of steam with not only the movies that they're pumping out but even documentaries and some of the series that have been coming out as well so this is just another one added to the catalog so that's fun yeah cool yeah so nice so another bit of news i ran across is we did talk about the fact that blumhouse and lee Wanell are slated for the invisible man and right now i did see that elizabeth moss who was in us more recently she officially has signed on to be a part of that movie so okay it's pretty interesting i did see that johnny depp was previously attached, but he had to drop out. Yeah. So, unfortunately, he's not a part of it. But, I mean, Elizabeth Moss is nothing to sneeze at either. So, I got two bits of news, and then that kind of wraps up what caught my eye for the week. But I did see that Robert England, a.k.a. Mr. Kruger, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Horror right now. Right. Yeah. He is going to host Travel Channel's spooky new series, Shadows of History. So, that looks pretty interesting. If you're fans of the Travel Channel, you know, they're always about 
going to exotic destinations, things like that. But from what I see here, it looks like in each episode, England will track down the story behind a bizarre or mysterious account printed in an American newspaper in the past. He will enlist historians and scholars to get to the truth behind the reports. So, hmm. looks interesting. Could be good. Yeah. It looks like uh, it's produced by Workaholic Productions. Luke Ellis is an executive producer. And Daniel A. Schwartz is a producer for Travel Channel. So, whenever it looks like it's coming out, maybe I'll give you some more information when it does. So, interesting enough, though. I mean, Robert England. Yeah. All right. And then the last bit of news. I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but it is official that Rob Zombie is expecting an early fall 2019 release for his Three Ooh. from Hell and he's kind of rumored that he wants to kind of push it around September, that vicinity. And if that's the case, there's some really strong films coming out around that time. It's going to be chock full of horror films. God, it's already chock full of films that I want to go see right now. I mean, not necessarily horror. But... Right, but just in general, yeah. <sighs> yeah. God, I still might end up going to Hellboy tonight. Like, Dude, I don't nice. know yet, but yeah. I'm still deciding. But yeah, there's a lot of good films coming out this year, man. Godzilla's is right around the corner, and... Dude, a lot of cool shit. Endgame. I know, everybody's pumped up about that. Endgame. Anyway. I've been seeing it getting sold out left and right online, so that's good news for that. It's already going to smash It's going to make all the money. Yeah. All the money. No surprise there. But yeah, that was the news. I really, honestly, I kind of hope it dethrones Avatar, because it kind of bugs me that Avatar (laughs) is number one. You know, I still haven't seen Avatar, so... You don't have to, because you've seen Ferngully, right? Oh, yeah. You've seen Pocahontas? I've seen all that stuff. Yeah, you've seen Dances with Wolves? Yeah. Cool, you don't need to see Avatar. Okay, <laughs> then I'm not missing anything. <laughs> right, cool. But yeah, that was the news of the week that caught my eye, and you know, we talked about a little bit of our personal stuff, and uh, aside from that, You've man, seen Smurfs? I've seen Smurfs. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I might even You've seen Thundercats? <laughs> Roar! <laughs> yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> cool, <Right>. we're good. <laughs> All right, that's all I need to know then, right? Sweet, man. All right, but yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to... Beastmaster a little bit? Okay, maybe not Beastmaster as much, but I just wanted to say Beastmaster. (laughs) (laughs) We're still fans, but dude, 420, 420 Massacre? I just wish that we were starting this at 420, but we're way past because we were getting stoned and getting our notes together and shit. That's right. It's always a good time We probably were getting stoned around 420, right? Pretty close there around it. Yeah, anyway. It's always 420 for us, though. That's right. Let's get into this 420 Massacre, Guts and Bolts, and Guts and Bulls. <laughs> right now. Guts and Bolts. All right, the Guts and Bulls of 420 Massacre. First off, we should say that I loaded up some Montana Silvertip, being that it's our 420 episode, nice. and it's just about my favorite strain right now. Yeah, it's a nice one, man. It's a, kind of a heavy guy, but I, I like we've it. We've already went through a bowl of that. We'll probably Sweet. hit another one here pretty shortly. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and this week, I think it's more or less just some Gorilla Glue, which has been a staple around my household. So, yeah, this episode's brought to you by Silvertip and some Gorilla Glue. And weed. Oh, we love weed. <laughs> As is every episode. Except for the mushroom episode, which we didn't get all the way through. <laughs> we tried. We tried. First off, we should probably try that again one day. Yeah. I'm just going to say right now. While we're in the guts and bowls, even though it's not weed, we're talking about drugs. So we should probably try that again, just not a hero dose. Wow. No kidding, right, dude? No microdose would be fun, though. Yeah. And we should probably try the same with acid at some point, too. You know, all right, since we're in this topic, that's one I have never been uh, part of. I've been it's... around it. I've had my hands on it. Just never done it. I very much prefer it to mushrooms. I feel like it's, for me, it's more dissociative, but in a good way, where like I can arrange my thoughts inside my head rather than mushrooms, which I feel is a lot more emotional. No kidding. That's one thing I can say about shrooms is, dude, you're going to go through some like roller coasters of emotions. I mean, acid can get emotional, but I feel like it's easier to keep that apart gotcha. if you want it to gotcha. be, or as long as you're paying attention and not like falling into fucking bad trip shit (laughs) well you know i think for the show's sake it would be fun to experiment if nothing else yeah i agree anyway that's way off topic 420 420 massacre guts and bulls who will be starting with i know that not many of them have many credits that people would have heard that is very true but before we do that maybe low budget maybe we should give them a brief synopsis oh fuck okay synopsis a group of friends out 
trying to camp for the weekend for a birthday getaway, run into bad times out in the hills around some gorilla grow operations. Yeah, for the most part. They're not growing gorillas. No. (laughs) Maybe gorilla glue, but not gorillas. Maybe gorilla glue. You're right. It's a pretty straightforward film for the most part, as far as the plot goes. And yeah, you were right also about the fact that it this doesn't... slasher. <laughs> yeah, this stoner slasher. Stoner slasher, yeah. This, oh yeah, and I mean, I suppose that's not a spoiler. This no. is straight up a slasher movie, too. Hence our 420 If you didn't episode. get that from the, from the synopsis, <laughs> this is a straight up slasher movie. Well, not only that, it's just the name itself, 420 Massacre. Right. There you go. Kind right. of applies itself. All right, so this week... Our director is Dylan Reynolds. Not only is he the director, he's also the writer and the editor. Dylan. Three times, not five times. (laughs) And some of Dylan's projects include the film Chainlink, Jason Harmony, which is a short, and a film entitled Nipple and Palm Trees. Our cinematographer in this film is Kyle Stryker. He's known for doing such films as Blood Brothers. He was also the cinematographer on All Hallows' Eve the second one, and his segment was M is for Masochist. He was also the DP on The Black Room and a film entitled For Now. Our music was done by Angela Winter Defoe. She's only done one other project, and that was a short film entitled De Jete. The special effects was done by Brennan Jones. He was the special effects makeup artist, and he's done other projects such as Proxy Kill and Survivor Girl. Produced by Vanessa Rose Parker. The release date was April 3rd, 2018 here in the United States. I do have a tagline, believe it or not. Woo! The tagline is, inhale, exhale, scream! (laughs) I actually like that better than a lot of other taglines we end up running into. No kidding, right? This is pretty accurate. (laughs) It's pretty fucking dumb, but it fits this movie really well. It's perfect, dude. Yeah. Exactly. Now, it's no mystery to us why we don't have any numbers for like budget and box office, because I would imagine this is like a super micro-budget film. Was this crowdfunded at all? Do you know? I didn't see any news concerning that, but it wouldn't surprise me if it were. So that's pretty much our crew. I can talk about some of the actors. Now, some of these actors actually do have some really interesting credits. And the first actress I'm going to lead off with today is Jamie Bernadette, and she plays the role of Jess. Now, Jamie has been a part of such projects as The Bunny Man Massacre. She's also known for such films as The Sixth Friend, which I believe she also helped write. She's also known for All Girls Weekend, which is another horror film. She was in the film American Satan. She's also in Every 21 Seconds, in a film actually I mentioned about a month or so ago. Wait, she was in American Satan? Yeah, she sure was. She was also We're supposed to cover that at some point, by the way. Uh, I had a request for that. All right, well, we'll see her again if we do. Yeah, that's really funny. I had a request for that a long time ago. Oh, shit. It wasn't necessarily a request for the show, but it was a request that I watch it. That's awesome. And I never did. Sorry, Bailey. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It'll give us a chance maybe now to do it. She was in Mordecai, which I think Johnny Depp was into, but she went uncredited, but she was like a bikini girl. Now, the film I was saying that she's upcoming in is actually, I mentioned this about a month or so ago, that the original director of I Spit on Your Grave is doing an official sequel to his film, and that film is entitled I Spit on Your Grave Deja Vu, which Jamie is actually the lead in that. She is the daughter of the original actress's character in Mm. that film, so yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. I thought the most interesting part of her filmography is she is in the Mortal Kombat Rebirth video. Oh. I have seen Rebirth, like, I don't know how many times since it came out in 2010. Right. When, oh, I think, oh, God, what's his name? I want to say Kevin Tancherin. Oh, I might have completely fucked up who did it. But, oh, no, I was right. Kevin Tancherin was basically, like, lifelong, huge Mortal Kombat fan he was also the guy that directed the high school musical movies. Hmm. <laughs> That's weird. I mean, it's cool, though. At least one of them. And he used kind of the clout that he had within the industry huh. to sort of call in a bunch of favors and do this. You, I mean, we watched it right before we hmm. did this. Okay, so that's what that was. Yeah, okay. like this eight-minute teaser, or sort of like, like teaser. prequel or prelude into yeah, prelude, yeah. Uh, like a rebooted Mortal Kombat. 
It did get him a job doing a Mortal Kombat web series for Warner Brothers, but it's not quite Rebirth. Rebirth is fucking dope. You, no I mean, you just watched it. Oh, that. yeah, yeah. I saw it was really good, dude. I actually enjoyed um, that. So she, though, I was like, what the fuck? Like, how is she in this? Because there's not that many people in, <laughs> oh, in this. Oh, is that what you're like, who the fuck is Jill? Yeah, who the fuck is Jill? So near as I can figure, there's about two seconds where they're <laughs> zooming out of a Johnny Cage movie like poster. Movie? Yeah, exactly. And she seems to be the leading female huh. on that poster. That's interesting. But I'm not positive because she's shown for all of about three seconds total because then you see the poster pop up again in the background. Yeah, that's kind of neat though. <laughs> Even if that's the case, it's still kind of a neat credit. But that was the one thing I was like, where? who could she be? I thought that they were going to show her as like a victim picture of like okay. Reptile or something. I couldn't remember if they showed any of his victim pictures or not. But oh, You know, that's a good point. I can't remember. We're always high. It's hard to remember mm. stuff five minutes ago. Ask me next week. I'll tell you. <laughs> all right. So the next actress that I do have in this is Stacy Danger. She plays the role of Donna. And Stacy, she is known as an actress and writer, and she's known for such projects as the film The Channeling. She was also in the film The Amateur. You might have seen her in The Neon Demon. She is also in the film The Morning After, and it looks like more recently the 420 movie Mary and Jane. Neon Demon's kind of a big deal. I've heard a lot about it. I was kind of surprised to hear that she was in that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I didn't realize that until I started Even looking. if she has a small part, I'm like... Still, it's a nice yeah. film to be a part of. Yeah, <laughs> You're going to no be shit. in one, right? All right, so the next actress I have, actually I've mentioned her before because she did help produce this, but that is Vanessa Rose Parker. She plays the role of Aubrey. Now, Vanessa is actually the real-life wife of our director, editor, and writer, Dylan Reynolds. And Dylan. Along, Dylan. Along with that, now, Vanessa has been in such things as Violent Blue... You might have seen her in Nipples and Palm Trees. She was a part of Gordon Family Tree. You might have also seen her in Before the Lights Come Up. She was also in Samurai Cop 2, Deadly Vengeance, and the film Brick Madness. Moving along, I do have a few more actresses. I have Justine Waxberger. She plays the role of Rachel in this film. Now, she has been in some really interesting films, some pretty big ones, too. She was in The Twilight Saga, New Moon, which is interesting. She's also in... Right, now I think she me. has a really small part, but I think she has a bigger part in fucking, what is it, Divergent and Insurgent, yeah. which are based off like these young adult novels. Exactly. Pretty sure those movies kind of bombed, but I've heard that that second one was actually a lot better than the first one, but a lot of people huh. didn't give it much of a chance based on how bad the first yeah, one was. Yeah, that's kind of unfortunate. But yeah, you're right. She is a part of those films. She was and also... I might be completely wrong about that. I think I heard huh. that, but I might have heard it about a different series. But Now, she was also in Now You See Me 1 and Part 2. She was also in the film Red and The Spy Who Dumped Me. So she's been in some pretty big films. All right, the next actress I have is Marissa Pistone. She plays the role of Michelle, and she was in such films as Rays. You might have seen her in Cruel Will. She was also in The Sound of Settling and What If He Wins. All right. Now, the next actor I have is Jim Storm. He plays the role of Ranger Rick in this. He was originally in Dark Shadows in 1970 and 71. He was also in, I think it was a TV film, Night of Dark Shadows. So, yeah, but, oh my God, I didn't realize he was a bold and the beautiful guy. Right. I think I, I read a little know. bit about that. Now, he was in a really interesting film, Trilogy of Terror was the one I was going to mention with Karen Black, which is really neat. He was also in the film Blue Sunshine. You might have seen him in Chain Link. He was also in The American Gandhi. All right, the next actor I have is James Gregory. He plays the role of The Shape. <laughs> now, he's been in such films as Carnival of Souls, which is the remake of the original. He was also in Fist of the Warrior. You might have also seen him in Hail Caesar. I've got two more actors, and that kind of rounds up my cast well, here. He was also a stuntman on The Crow, Wicked Prayer. You know, actually, that's like what he does. He's actually a stuntman. Stuntman, yeah. Yeah, which is neat. But this is just some of the acting credits I actually gave him. The other two guys I have, I'll lead off with Mark Schroeder. He plays the role of Buddy in this film. He's... So I want to say, so Buddy, I didn't realize Mark Schroeder was in this. Yeah. I've watched a lot of Buddy. Because he does Earthling Cinema for Wisecrack on YouTube. Yep. Before I watched this movie, I watched like four episodes of Earthling Cinema this weekend. No shit. Well, I think he's clean cut in those too, isn't he? No, he's no, all done not... up. No, yeah, you'll have to. Huh. I'll, I'll show you one in, in the break. Okay. Because uh, they're they're kind of short. 
it wasn't like I had any like giant time expenditure watching four Earthling cinemas. Oh, cool, it's yeah. just that there's only like sixty of them or something. So yeah. watching four is still you know a good amount. Yeah, no um, doubt. But no, it's like it's supposed to be like he's this alien. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And see he's all done up pictures. in makeup and shit. And, That's right. I did see those. And he's analyzing movies and like relics from Earth's past that he's found <laughs> in the future. It's That's fucking hilarious. That's pretty funny. Now, he has also been a part of such projects as River Greaser. Now, the thing I was thinking about him being clean-shaven and was the pictures I've seen for this was uh, he was a part of Pretty Little Liars, a television show back in 2013. All right? And the last actor I have is Drew Talbert. He plays the character of Doug. Now, you might have actually seen him in 1,000 Ways to Die, the television series back in 2011, because I think he was a part of like some of those reenactment parts about how people actually died. <laughs> So he's okay. a part of those segments. He was also in the film An L.A. Douchebag Romance. He was in Literally So Busy. And more recently in Corporately Challenged. It was a television series back in 2017. There is one other actor, but that was his only role. He plays the character of Roy. So, uh, yeah, that kind of rounds out our cast, our crew, tagline, synopsis. We should give you some warnings warnings oh there's really cheesy but kind of actually impressive gore i agree when it happens it's, it's both decent. it's both cheesy but also kind of weirdly extreme like it's hard to explain without giving a spoiler but no it's gore for gore's sake for sure now you know there's recreational drug use hence the 420 language there's some language if you're not into girl on girl kind of stuff like tame girl on girl stuff. yeah i was about to say but not like it's not heavy. 70s sexploitation, no, 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 girl no. on girl stuff. It's just more like, you know, some like smooching. Some smooching. <laughs> yeah. There's um, that. Like I said, just uh, language. Language, yeah. If you don't like being out in the woods for whatever reason. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't like woods. Yeah, if you don't like camping and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a short movie. Yeah. It's low budget. Yeah, it's straightforward. Like, it's so there's not hard to follow at campy all. Campy slasher. You're going to get everything you're going to expect from <laughs> a campy slasher except for like actual tits. Exactly. Although you are going to get to see some girls kiss. I'm so, okay with that. But if you're kinda, not, that's kind of like the in between for, <laughs> for slasher, right? Like, I agree. Yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah, aside from that, man, if you're still with us, I hope you enjoy finding fucking out. Light one up, too. Fucking yeah. 420, bitches. Light one up and hear how this made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right. How did 420 Massacre make us squeal? It's a very interesting question, <laughs> considering. So first off, I suppose if you were to just go look up this movie right now, you'd notice that not many of the reviews are very favorable. You know, I don't know what people are expecting when they see films that are like low budget. They're not like huge releases or anything like that. It's like, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get. Don't have like high expectations. To be completely honest, I ended up enjoying this movie quite a bit more than I actually thought I was going to. Yeah, it's like, it's a good... Especially I mean, when I noticed just how low budget and, like, how much it, it seemed like just, like, the worst kind of low budget horror movie. Right. Not every bad movie is so bad it's good. Right, Some exactly. are just bad. Yeah. And horror has a lot of those. It hit the nail on the head there, but this film is an exception to that rule. I mean, even though it is a low budget, it is campy, you know, it's, for the most part, pretty predictable, but... The acting is still really good. I think even when we talked about the fact that the gore is really good in this too. You know, it follows certain If tropes. only just weird color. Yeah, I think a lot of that's just like visual effects and stuff like that too. But overall, it's a pretty entertaining film though. I was entertained. I mean, honestly, like there was a big surprise, a big pleasant surprise to it. Other than the fact that I didn't come away hating it. Yeah. But I did come away with it from it being like fucking why to just a couple things throughout it now there are a couple of those like uh i don't know what, what do you want to start off with some of those whys let me take a hit of this first yeah no doubt all right so we've always said in the past like we both tend to do two watches of the movie and we don't do our notes till the second time through so it's really funny that both my first and my very last notes kind of tie together because <laughs> nice. i was still kind of thinking of it from the first time and by the second time of watching it, I was asking kind of the same question again. Ultimately, I think part of why people kind of shit on this movie is it kind of seems to lack a good, clear vision. And that's kind of exemplified in the fact that why in 420 Massacre would you go with 
a pure final girl. I know what you're saying, yeah. Maybe just stick to that slasher trope, I suppose. I mean, I think they felt like they were sticking in the slasher trope, but everything else about this movie seemed to sort of try to live in a world where, like, cool, weed's a thing, and it's cool, and in some cases it's good, but then everyone is still getting punished for it. Yeah. Everybody that smokes in this movie gets killed because it's implied that they're bad. At the very end of the movie, spoilers, this is the spoiler section, but when she survives and kills everyone, she's now a killer, so she takes a fucking toke. Right. Why, in like a stoner-friendly movie, would the ultimate message be demonizing (laughs) getting stoned? I know what you're saying. And I think a lot of that, it could be just the fact that they're acknowledging that stereotype, the trope that if you do drugs in a horror film, a slasher in particular, you're going to die. So maybe that's just like their way of poking fun, teasing. I don't know for sure, but that's the only thing that would make sense in that scenario. And I mean, and that's cool. Like, But I know what you're saying, though. Because but it, how easy yeah. is it, like, especially if you're making a movie that's fucking weed-friendly, then invert that trope. Yeah, good point. That's one of my first thoughts. That's like, like, if I'm trying to make a weed-friendly movie, yeah, yeah. then... The hero should also smoke. Be a stoner, you would think, yeah. Much like Cabin in the Woods, you know? Yeah. Also, if you're going to make a weed-friendly movie, <laughs> you don't have to have a stereotypical stoner character. Right, right. That I was one of my there. other notes. And almost ten minutes in the movie, I'm like, I kind of like Stacey Danger. She seems to be doing a good job. She seems to be doing what she needs to in this role. No doubt. Why do you have this role? That's my problem. Yeah. The only thing that would make sense to me is just they're pointing out the stereotypes. But outside of that, you're right. Everything is just kind of like, it goes against kind of what this movie is, I guess, implying that it is 420, you know, friendly. And you would hope or maybe imagine that some of the 420 people would be their survivors. Uh, Yeah. Everything in this revolves around weed somehow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's who you're going to get watching this movie is people who also revolve around weed. So why demonize them? That's a good point, man. It would be nice to have the insight of the writer, director, editor, etc. To gain a little bit more perspective, but I I know exactly what you're saying there because it, it does kind of goes against the whole reason why you would market it towards stoners in the first place. Okay. Since that's what we started with. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be easier to work a little bit backwards at first in the movie. Because I do feel like, I don't know, maybe they didn't want to do two twists. Because it would be a twist, at least even subconsciously for most horror movie watchers, if a stoner ended up being the hero. And so we didn't get that twist. I think they thought, what's his name? Fucking I forgot. Dylan. 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 How did I already forget (laughs) Dylan? Sorry, Dylan. Spits hot fire. I have to imagine Dylan thought his twist came with not having the romance happen between Aubrey and Jess. Right. And then not only that, but going so far as to killing her off with having just like the saddest day. God, no shit, right? I got reminded of the fact that my family died before I could make up with them. Yeah. And then I made an advance on this chick that I've liked since before I even knew I was gay. And got turned down, and then I just got my head fucking yeah, cut off. Yeah, got decapitated in front of her. So, so I mean, you had a bad day. <laughs> so straight up, like, Aubrey, that was right, right? Aubrey was the one who got her head cut off? Yeah. Yeah. So Aubrey straight up is my favorite character in the movie. I thought she was the best actress in this movie. She was really good. That was the big surprise to this movie for me, was for how very noticeably low-budget, schlocky slasher this was, how much I actually ended up caring about some of the characters. Yeah. And that was mainly her and uh, fucking Lily Sobieski. Uh, (laughs) That's funny, dude. Yeah. That was mainly those two for me. (laughs) That's funny. I thought they were the two standouts in this movie. Yeah, like I said, all the girls did a really good job. I mean, they really... Even the guys, you know, their characters are schlocky as fuck, but they all did a good job. I mean, for a low-budget film, the acting was really solid. I'll give them that, for sure. Buddy straight up reminded me kind of Jean Lejoie. (laughs) Yeah, he does. He really does. Eskimo buddies. (laughs) Which, given that they both play stoners is even cooler. That's so funny. Now, like, in my head, like, especially the second time through when I was just kind of getting pissed off that they were adhering so tightly to these slasher (laughs) tropes when you could have such, I think, a fun time making, like, a stoner hero movie. But Yeah, I mean, you could. 
with the same movie, I think it wouldn't be that hard. But anyway, I was just sort of thinking there. I'm like, man, what if I had like just an episode of a TV show where Buddy ran into Taco? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? That could be Buddy Tacos. Right? Before Buddy got fucking... Taco Buddies. So that was straight up just like long-ass sausage links falling out of him, right? Yeah, basically. There you is... saw them tied off, right? Oh, I mean... You can even see, I think, like, some of his chest and abdomen was protruding because they had that shit already pre-stuffed. But he has a line. It might be the funniest line in the film. Dude, those two, the first fucking five minutes were cracking me the fuck up. I wrote two of them down. There's... When he was fucking bitching to Doug, and he's like, I thought it'd be mostly down. Doug's why would you think that? It's a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. And then I think I know the one you're about to bring Yeah, up. this is, should be the obvious one. So they were back and forthing, and he says something a little bit beforehand, like maybe we should go back and drink some beer. We can yeah. rub one out. Not together, separately. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's fucking funny. Uh, yeah, dude. I fucking cracked up hard at that. <laughs> it's like, wow, dude. I was really kind of hoping after that line that Buddy would make it out alive. But. Yeah, likewise. I was like, well, it's kind of early on, you know, didn't really know what to expect. Maybe these two guys, they'll be in it a lot longer than they were. But yeah. What I find, too, is interesting about this film is the fact that the whole point is, is that where they were, everybody was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Two guys were pursuing, looking for the weed, but they didn't really, like... Not, showed as much as I would hope, like like a Garden of Eden of weed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Garden of Weeden. <laughs> Especially because like, this was all done in California, right? Yeah, like, it was in Big Bear, the National Forest. I would imagine they could have found a grow. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, they were all right about one thing. Like, In some of those places, you don't want to be because there are gorilla growers, and they're all about profits and fucking you up. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Like, when Ranger Rick was fucking giving that spiel, I was like, well, yeah, that's true. It is true. I mean, there's no uh, doubt. Although I thought his turn kind of happened in a really weird sequence. Yeah. I kind of liked how well they sort of held on to him actually being part of the grow up. And like, it kind of seemed obvious from the beginning. But then when he started running into the victims, it truly started seeing like, oh shit, no, like, even though he was sitting there (laughs) drinking, like he's starting to sober up by what he's running into and shit. And like, he's getting more and more determined. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And like, I thought they actually did that little switch. The actual scene where he makes the switch is awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Considering it is, but the way it all plays out, I felt was kind of weirdly rushed, but I liked that they did that switch. No, I I do like that. Like I said, given the fact that I would imagine they only had a limited amount of time to shoot, right? Et cetera, et cetera. We can feel it as as people who review films and stuff like that. You can feel like certain things are rushed or not flushed out as much as they would probably hope. But it still ties things together, which is all right. So you caught that they were just drinking water at the campsite, right? Uh, dude. When there was anything in their cup. Dude. Uh, all right. The worst example of that, which is maybe my favorite character in the film, played by Stacey Danger, is Donna. She sips her cup. She's like, mm, mm. I was like, no, 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 no. We do that on Jafar with Pete's milk. <laughs> You're supposed to be drinking champagne. Don't fake that. <laughs> that ain't the right of fake for champagne. <laughs> no. It's like, come on. But maybe she's a true stoner. So, okay, okay, on that, though, I had weird, like, half and half on the note where they all fucking toked up. Bong rips in 60 seconds. Gone in 60 seconds. When was the last time <laughs> you were part of a smoke session at 420 where everyone actually tried to get their hit in within that minute? And Ah, uh, never. Like, maybe if you had I was about to say, I blunt, might have done it, like, once. Yeah, it's like, maybe with a blunt or a joint, that would make sense, but not with a bong. Yeah, with a bong, that doesn't even make sense. No. You just start your no. session at 420 and call it good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, that one doesn't make sense. Any of you other smokers out there, like, do that? Like, is that just not something we were part well, of? Like, I can I can say, at least us, in my limited experience, like, on the East hit Coast. Us up. Let us know. On the East Coast, I've never done that. Like, yeah, 420, let's spark up. You know, if you get a hit, you get a hit. That's okay. But as long as it's on 420, you're good. I've never been in where, like, you have to get a rip in that 60-second window. Otherwise, don't count. <laughs> What would have been the fucking, the penalty? You get your rip in a second late? I don't know. You get egged on or some stupid shit. You fuck up the good vibes for the day? No, you're still getting fucking stoned. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, if nothing else, you had on uh, just... It's not your fault they were fucking camping on it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, chief. <laughs> 
That was the other thing, too. Fucking, when they said that they were going to get it in within 60 seconds, I'm like, you got to be handing that shit off then. That's what she and said. I was, I was watching that, those fucking transitions. I'm like, you better be getting that bong moved over. Yeah, yeah. And how much, did she even load enough for all of them to get hit? No. no but no. here's the other thing. So that was the bad part. Yeah. The good part, I actually thought, compared to what you normally see in movies and television shows, like, they all actually act like they took a hit of weed and not the really exaggerated shit that we normally fucking get. Right. Yeah, like, towards the end of the film when dude hits, I think he's smoking a joint, and you see that fake plume come out. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, okay. But then it's, it's funny because then... But even then, they're not playing it up right. like, oh, God, suddenly I'm oh, all yeah, fucking Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, yeah. I mean, they only had one stereotypical stoner character, even though all the characters except for one got high. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was actually really cool. No, that's a good point. I mean, they got the case of the giggles and stuff, like anybody would, and even did the coughing and stuff. And that's, but, but it also makes sense because they all, none of them smoke often, yeah, except exactly. for Stacey Danger. It's what, it's what we do. <laughs> it's what happens. The rest of us are just like, okay, this is like my eighth time today. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. It's okay. <laughs> it's my eighth worth 20 today. <laughs> yeah, some of those things I do like is the way that it kind of plods along. It does have a long kind of character development to try to give you uh, like a sense of sympathy for those characters later on, even though you know they're going to get chopped up for the most part. But it still gives you a sense of like their friendships, their relationships and stuff like that. So that was well done. I thought basically as soon as they got in the camp, like it all felt supernatural between them for the most part. No doubt. So I actually think that our final girl was possibly the worst. I mean, by default, somebody has to be the worst. Right. I unfortunately thought that the final girl was the worst in this movie. Uh, all right. I didn't like her character up until the last bit. Because then I was I like, mean, well, she's like super capable. Wise. It's However, hard to say. here's the other yeah. thing, though. Like, something she did, even though I didn't find it to be as good as what the others were doing, yeah. hers most reminded me of shit that I've actually seen in movies. Yeah, I felt that a lot of her line deliveries reminded me of the way Joan Cusack delivers lines. Okay. And the way she would posture her head while she would talk and her jaw. That sounds really specific, but it's because it's a movie I've seen 30 plus times. Reminded me a lot of Lisa Spoonauer in Clerks. Okay, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. It is kind of, um, in a way, it's a little overdoing the character, exaggerating the character. But, I mean, it is a method. Look, here's the thing. Everyone, somebody has to be the worst. Right, so. right, right. I understand. I mean, it's subjective, of course. But, like I said, her character, I wasn't like, you know, because she wasn't smoking. She was dismissive for the most part. There was a scene, too, where it was a little weird what her mannerism was for that scene. Is I think they were all like setting in, right? They finally got to the campsite, and she's just kind of hunched over, like just has her hands on her temple, you know. And I'm like, of all the things she could have been doing, that's like, there's no discussion about it, there's no mention of it, and she just comes out of it like no big deal. But that was kind of a weird posturing for that for that scene. I don't I don't understand that one. The other thing I just I get it, like even in a lesbian romance, women aren't supposed to be treated as prizes. But I felt like the entire camp scene that Jess and Aubrey were flirting with each other the entire time. <laughs> and there was even like weird cues and like the script and stuff, like when they were setting up the tent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they were setting up the tent and, oh, God, I can't remember her name. New to the group. The, the oh, sh- I think her name was Michelle. In the film. Michelle. Yeah. And Michelle's like trying to give them the instructions. Like, and she's go? like, oh, they're supposed to go into each other. Scissors. <laughs> Right when they're trying to put I mean, it together. Oh, yeah, there's and definitely like, some sexual uh, innuendo with And that. I'm like, and the entire time, it seems like they're getting closer and closer and getting into each other. And I'm like, so when Aubrey goes for it later on, I'm like, I get it. Like, you, in fact, look like you were kind of having a moment. No doubt. What the shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, because there is at least those expectations, the way things are getting played out. You would expect, like, oh, they're, you know, of course they're going off and being secluded, and they're going to make out or whatever the hell they're going to do, that heavy petting. It doesn't play out that way. Then there's like, oh, no, you got the wrong message. It's like, what are you talking about? Also, I mean, Jess was trying to say that things weren't weird, but (laughs) anyone else reading the room would know that none of the other ones are worried about them. The other ones are probably assuming that they're up there making out. Yeah, it's like, whatever. It's not a big deal. Although it kind of does seem like her character doesn't know how to read the room. Yeah, exactly. I know what you're saying. Exactly. It is weird. No. 
some of the things I think, you know, just because of the way this film plays out, and it's, you know, you can't necessarily read films, like, realistically 100%, right? Because otherwise, this shit's not going to make any fucking sense. You know, fact being like, oh, they just so happened to run into Buddy. Oh, they just so happened to run into this fucking Hunter dude. Oh, they just so happened to run into Ranger Rick. You know, it just doesn't add that up that way. But I do like their encounters with those people in general, you know. Even though it's like, there's no way that, that would ever happen. It's still kind of, in a way, comedic. It still pays dividends later on. Oh, my God. So the hunter guy, the redneck <laughs> fucking my Second Amendment rights oh, guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like because one of my headers is big city libtards. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of him in real life. Oh, like, I think I grew we up all in do. Sticks. I grew up in a town of like fucking 500, 600 people, so I know a lot of that exact guy. And for all of the conservativeness of that area, everybody fucking smokes weed. And so in my head, I was thinking it would have been really funny in that scene, and I wish it would have happened. It didn't play out this way, but I really wish that when fucking Stacey Danger tried explaining to him how to fucking roll a blunt, that instead he would have just stopped what he was doing in his tracks right there, chucked out his fucking loaded shell, and took a fucking old, old school, There's fucking old fashioned fucking shotgun hit. You city folk and your shotguns. That's funny. Yeah, that would have been awesome. I think that would have been fucking. They just, missed an opportunity oh, there. Yeah. Oh my god, I really wish that would have happened. But oh well. Like I do like her line because you know she gives him that peace offering and she says, "Puff puff, don't bang bang." <laughs> that's pretty funny it's super simple and it got through because the other girl was like being super aggro Mm -hmm. you know lily lily (laughs) but yeah i'm like man every guy exactly like him (laughs) that i know in real life no doubt knows how to fucking roll blunt (laughs) you know that's a funny thing too i was like man i haven't done that they know how to roll blunt better than me well i can't roll for shit (laughs) all right here Grandpa Doyle is going to tell you a story. <laughs> when that came up, like, she was explaining, then, mm-hmm. of course, he does it. It's like, man, that brings back memories, because I remember my first blunt, like, rolling it, and then I think we've done some, like, cigarellos, and, you know, it's been a while, but it's like, man, there was a time when that's all Something, I smoked. Sometimes nothing beats a blunt. Like, I know yeah. that most time we vape now, but... Yeah, I mean, we're kind of like connoisseurs and artists. <laughs> But yeah, it's funny because they're, I mean, I'm no stranger to bongs, blondes, you name it. You joke, but the fact is, like, I made my last batch of edibles with cacao butter. Dude, so. it was fucking good. It was tasty. <laughs> what are you yeah, talking about? Not as stony as I would have yeah, liked. Not as okay. stony as I would have liked. I still enjoyed it. It was good. <laughs> it just kind of shows you, like, if you're absolutely in this game, <laughs> like, how you progress as a smoker it's funny because some of that does kind of come up in this i mean and that's no, no, the thing sometimes street, though like even vaping all the time now and all the yeah. the taste that i get and the cleanness and not fucking hacking up my lungs every morning <laughs> like like 420 comes around i'm probably gonna smoke a blunt yeah yeah because like i said we're not recording this that. on 420 so but you know that's all right i wouldn't mind fuck it right but like yeah in five days i'm probably gonna <laughs> smoke a blunt i'm probably gonna wake up and put on Cypress Hills hits from the bong go, while dude. I take a hit from a bong. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Damn, I love Cypress Hill too. I guess the point I'm making too is just like I like the inclusion of the different devices, joints, bongs, blunts. I like that bong shit, dude. I would rip bong more often if that I had that bong. Nice. One thing I can say though, and this is I know we're way off topic in a sense, but because it is four twenty, it's a four twenty episode, <laughs> you're already here, is uh man. I tell you what, though, vaping compared to like smoking, like with combustion, dude, I don't miss campfire. You never really realize it until you do it. No, that's true. I will say I'm used to it for the most part now. The high does feel a little bit different. Maybe about once a month, I'll still hit a bowl just because I like the way yeah, yeah, that yeah, kind of being stoned feels. If, to me, it feels it comes a little on like a, a little bit different to yeah, me. Kind of a but, little, for me, it's like a little bit more dopey. Yeah, like I feel a little more dopey. And that's the thing, though. Sometimes you want to feel that way. That's what I'm saying. I'm not downplaying. Yeah. I'm just saying that's the way it makes me. Feel. <laughs> I yeah. like that. I like getting baked and fucking stoned. Like when we go and hit the fucking movies with the boys or fucking do Jafar and shit. Like usually that's a mixed affair where it's vapes and then fucking. Oh, dude, it's there's a the mixed pieces bag. outside and <laughs> steamrollers, brownies and. Oh yeah, we're no strangers. <laughs> 
right, I guess get back because it does involve bongs. That bong death was pretty good. I hate that it Dude, happened to her. Dude, that bong but death it was, good. was fucking killer. That was I thought really good. that was really that snapped my attention back in the movie hardcore. I was like, whoa, like, there's some gore in this. Because I sort of laughed. I was like, because they fucking cut open Buddy. And yeah, I was yeah. Like, I, was, eh. I mean, like, it's okay though. But yeah, I don't. You mean. And I'm like, it's kind of pink, and it looks like sausage. We know what it is. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> that's funny. Got it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool and all. I'm like, I kind of wasn't expecting to see that much intestine, but that perked me up a little bit. But then when they did that shit, I was like, oh, that was good. This movie was worth watching for that, man. Rachel's death was pretty good too. Like. The blood spurting out of her neck. Mm, that mm-hmm. was good. I thought the gal who played Michelle, her death was actually really good. Like The stabbing? Yeah, and she was like doing the gurgling and, and all that stuff. I was like, man, that was almost like an audition for if you need somebody in your film to get chopped up, I can do it. It looked good. It was like a terrifier moment where her, when they fucking got the jump on the shape... <laughs> yeah during the the michelle stabbing or right after the michelle stabbing exactly. or right before yeah it was like it was. almost right after right after i was like fucking you just wailed him in the head once with a rock like keep, keep wailing this fucker <laughs> i rule of thumb this is for all of our audience <laughs> listeners if you ever face a situation where you have to fell somebody who's coming after you Make sure they and stay And they just fell. got done stabbing one of your friends to yeah. death in front of your eyes? I mean, if you want to go beyond that limit, it's up to you. But I'd say at least make sure they're not getting back up. <laughs> if nothing else, we learn from horror films. Yeah, no shit. Because they're just like, cool, let's run. No! <laughs> like, oh, he also went out like a bitch. He did. He really did. For being all trained and shit. I thought his costume and everything was really cool. I even like the mystique to it. But you're right, he did die like a bitch. He kind of bled out, I suppose, but it's like, he's almost got her. She was doing a good job, like, with her strangulation, too. I'll give her credit for that. So this movie did have a surprisingly bleak ending, especially with the way it just sort of ends off, like, and she's just, like, staring, like, contemplating everything that happened and everything. I was like, if you're going to go for the dark ending, I was kind of hoping they were going to just go, like super bleak ending right and when he's choking her out with the fucking crossbow bolt coming out of his <laughs> eye shotgun. i wanted him to fucking headbutt her oh shit so that the bolt went into her eye too wow and just both of them die there wow and then you do just like a short time lapse <laughs> and you see that just like bleak. a different grow operation just move in and take over the fucking that plot. would be pretty gnarly would it we got a success boys <laughs> I think the loose thread for that ending actually comes from the fact that it was Donna and Michelle and Rachel. They were all talking about 420, like mm-hmm. the date and the time, etc. And Donna reveals the disastrous events on this date. And she goes through, you know, the fact that Bay of Pigs happened, Waco Siege happened, the Oklahoma City bombings happened, Columbine shooting happened all on 420. So it's like, if there's a loose thread there, that was like... This is another disastrous thing that happened on 420. And on this girl's birthday, on top of it, had to be her. So, <laughs> with that conversation that they had, because it started off with the Hitler thing, yeah, I thought it was kind of fucked up <laughs> that when they first started the trip, and Donna, right, was like, it's a holiday. And Michelle's oh. like, what, are you Jewish? <laughs> I know. It's like, of course, the exotic looking gal <laughs> would say that, right? Jewish? <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it is kind of funny, but it's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> oh my god. I thought it was kind of neat the way Jess just sort of fucking pulled everything together once shit went off the rail. Like, yeah. It was kind of neat to see like that stabilizing force in the middle of all of it with this kind of movie going on. You kind of knew that something had to happen because she was obviously the final girl by that point. Yeah, exactly. But there's two ways you could do it, and she could have just ran faster than the others, too. You know (laughs) what I mean? She really could, yeah. Super athletic. So her just sort of being like, cool, like, let's get our shit together. Let's fucking shut up. Yeah. Quit (laughs) making noise. that was cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to get back to with Aubrey. Her character is like, they're confronting Ranger Rick, Right, he has the crossbow, whatever, and she's like, "Fuck you, pig!" And then she get, it's like, you, you know damn well you're about to get shot. What are you doing? At <laughs> least serpentine away from him. Yeah, zigzag. Everybody knows that zigzag. That's another rule. Rule number two: zigzag. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I don't know. I was kind of surprised by how dark they went with the ending. Yeah, you know, we watched the trailer leading up to reviewing the film, and 
you know, I was like, you know, if nothing else, as long as it's entertaining, I'm okay with it. Like, I didn't have any expectations. I don't think either one of us did. I'm surprised by how much I liked it. Likewise, um, to be honest. Considering, yeah, the reviews aren't favorable, but it's still an entertaining film, though. Fuck, you just want to get stoned and have a good time putting on a fucking horror movie. It's like, you what, don't really have 20? to. Yeah, you don't have to pay much attention to you it. You really if you don't, don't have want to think to. much. I mean, you know, we do because it's our homework, but I still got things out of it. I liked. All right, I'll give you an example. I like the fact that they're using certain references. We talked about the fact that the killer's name is the Shaper. It goes by Shape. It's not his name, but of course, is a reference back to Michael Myers. They do the ki 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 ma ma ma. There's mm-hmm. Jason, but they also reference it too because they're saying they're going to Higgins Creek. Which is actually a reference to Higgins Haven, which is oh, okay. part three. three. Yeah, so there's that. So there's little stuff like that. They even reference Dazed and Confused. She's like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, you know, a little stuff. Back to the future, where we're going. We don't need roads. So it's fun, you know. It's it's a fun film. Shit, there was something I was going to say, but... We're stoned. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I would rate it, like, on a scale, like, one to ten or yeah, anything like no. that, but... I'd say it's kind of middle of the road, to be honest. It's middle of the road. I liked it more than Death House. Be honest, I kind of do too. I mean, there's still some things I got out of Death House, but this is a better made film for sure. Through and through, it's better made. Yeah. So there's that. I might have did more than Belko. <laughs> I know. Belko is still one of those, like, it's not a bad film, but it just, it leaves you wanting. Like you said too, is that there was a bigger picture and probably better scenarios that could have been played out than what we got. So it kind of leaves you wanting. This film, there's no none of that. They don't leave you wanting. No, it's, it's there everything is, it's supposed to There be. is a resolve, but it's super bleak. Way bleaker than I thought, and that's surprising and refreshing in yeah, a exactly. weird way. When you hear 420 Massacre, I'm just thinking, oh, you know... I it's thought gonna it was going to be way more comedic through Super, and like, I thought super campy, like, going to be stupid campy. Even though I would have preferred they didn't play the slasher tropes straight because it kind of seems to muddy the overall yeah, point Yeah, I mean, of the it's, movie. it's super formulaic. It's, it's easy. It's a straight-up slasher movie that's done. I mean, it follows the formula well. Yeah. I it's mean, not going to scare you, but yeah, it's going to entertain you. It does throw a little bit of logic out the window, but I mean, they try to wrap that up with what they have. You know, I understand that with the characters and stuff like that, but it's still not a bad film. It's, it's really not. Would I recommend it? Yeah, if you're wanting to just see a middle of the road, something you can put on in the background and find some entertaining moments. But for people who want something more, I'd say, you know, check something else out. Look, so on years, I don't work on 420. I tend to throw myself at least a mini movie marathon of stoner movies. I would say if you do something similar and you're kind of tired of watching the same old shit yeah. over and over yeah, again, exactly. mix it up, throw this in. Yeah, and it's not bad. Like I said, especially if you're wanting something a little bit more on the horror side too. Yeah, if you're getting tired of rewatching Evil Bong for your, <laughs> yeah, for your exactly. horror stoner horror, if that's the way you're going. Yeah, on 420, because on 420, I tend not to go stone or horror. I tend to go like... Oh, I'm always like comedy. How high. Yeah, exactly. Friday. Friday. Oh, yeah. Half-baked. Dazed and Confused. Shit like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Harold and Kumar. <laughs> Your Highness. Yeah, I mean, even you can go back with Cheech and Chong, stuff like that. So. Oh, shit, yeah. The classics. Anyway, you're making me excited for Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I'm glad we chose this one, because the other option, which we'll probably do in the future, I think you've already mentioned it, but... I'm so glad we chose this one. It was something different, right? I don't know how often people are actually going to be talking about this film, per se. Especially with those other reviews, out. because I would rate it higher than almost all those other yeah, reviews it's that not, I saw. It's, I did see, like, one, like, 10-star review, I think. I, but. Yeah. <laughs> That's super generous. Yeah. If I'm going to put a, a number on, I guess, I would probably rate it as high as maybe a 5, maybe a 6. I'm, I was about to say, I might go 6. Yeah, say so somewhere between that. I think it's favorable. Like, it's not going to be like Cabin in the Woods. And it's not going to be probably something a lot more stupid. <laughs> you know, there's a lot worse out there. There is a lot. Yeah, I agree. That's 420 Massacre. Do we, we? I don't think we have next week planned out. Not yet. I know we have like tentative plans for some things. Do you mind if I make a call right now? Because there's tentative I'm plans okay here yeah. and there. But this is the one that we've been meaning to get to. So next week, let's do flowers. Dude, yeah. I'm cool with that. We talked about a certain flower. <laughs> yeah, I mean, coincidentally enough, right? Yeah. There's a dispensary in town called Flower. <laughs> uh, this is a whole different type of flowers. Let's finally get to yeah, it. I'm done with that. So that means next week we're going fucking extreme. We had good times this week. 
Yeah, last couple of weeks we've had some really good time. Now we've it's time to get bleak. Happy fun times. <laughs> and this movie ended bleak, and we're going to continue on. We're, we're going to go down that hill. Fucking <laughs> underground shit. You remember our loyal listeners out there? You remember when we did some fucking atros? Yeah, exactly. This is the same sort of shit, baby. <laughs> yeah, so put on your big boy and girl pants because this one's going to get heavy. Our test your fright contestants wouldn't make no, it. No, no. You put this one in the first film in any round, it's probably gonna make most people tap. I'm okay I, with. Uh, <laughs> nice. I'm both looking forward to and not looking forward to this in a big way. No, that's understandable. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to talk about regardless. And the person behind the scenes is gonna be interesting to talk about his filmmaking. So I'm looking forward to that too. I agree. So if you want to keep listening to us, please hit subscribe, however you are right now. Please share us around all your family and friends. You can always head to our website, www.friedsquirms.com. There's links to ways to listen to us up at the top. Latest episode streaming down at the bottom. Links to all of our portals, the Insta, the Facebook, the Twitter, throughout the middle, as well as our archives to all of our past episodes. And you can contact us through our website, or you can email us, squirmcast at gmail.com, and we would love to hear from you. Exactly. We love recommendations. We love hearing from people from within the industry. If you just want to say hello, drop us a line. We love to hear from you. For this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Out. Out.